You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. Welcome back to the Dual Position Podcast. I'm your host, the SC Whisperer, joined as always on a Tuesday by the wonderful SC Adrianosaurus. Mate, what a huge, huge week. We both had some pretty good scores. Both saw some green arrows. Melbourne, 70 points. Like, that was unbelievable. Uh, it was a game that I'll never forget. Nathan Cleary turned it on with the last 15 minutes to go, and, and the round started off extremely hot with Sivitalikai, which feels like such a lifetime ago. Uh, we were talking about potentially one of the greatest 40-minute performances we could see in recent weeks. I think a lot of people had either tuned into Supercoach a lot harder if they owned Talakai, or if they didn't own Talakai, tuned out for the week ahead. But how did you go, mate? Well, we can see you rank sitting just outside the top 1K with 1,046, so obviously a good score for you. How did the, uh, how'd the boys finish up? Yeah, I think I was 15.33 or something. I, I think I, you pipped me just, uh, which, you know, I, I was looking pretty good, I think, with my three going into that Melbourne game. But, you know, Coates came off multiple tries for him, you know, which is fantastic for owners. We know that he's one of those ones that if he gets the tries, he's relevant. Uh, and it was an absolute shellacking the Warriors, mate, they gave up in that game and Melbourne were on. Uh, but I'm happy with the score. I'm happy with the rank. I would have liked to go into the top 1,000, but I'm okay. I'm happy with this. Beggars can't be choosers. 1,046 uh, so far is fine. Like I don't even think there's that many points difference between you and I. I am currently sitting in rank 391st, a bit of a bounce back, which is nice. Uh, we finished with a 1,558. Uh, shout out to the guys that got over 1,700. That is <laughs> ridiculous. Like Everything had to go right for you, and, and it did. Uh, a couple of stinkers for me, Blake Taff, after his 60-point game, we all brought him in. I chucked the reserve on him. He did nothing. Daniel Tupo, I was very lucky that he is not 10 points down on what he scored because he should have been sin-binned minimum. Uh, Ruben Cotter is starting to get on my nerves a little bit. But apart from that, I think everyone else I'm kind of very happy with. Very happy with your boy, Tom Starling. Uh, he's done wonders for, for my side, and he'll be pivotal in round 13. Who are the stinkers that uh, that you really want to highlight in your side? Yeah, well, Taff was one of them, uh, 100%. He stunk it up big time. Uh, you know, he, he probably, we thought that he was going to be a decent enough pickup because of the 60, and, you know, I, I felt like it was a good matchup as well. So I, I happily played him. Uh, it was a smelly old score. The other one that, you know, peeved me off was I played Randall. It, that was an error on my part because we knew there was a bench hooker on the bench, and I went and played him anyway. I, I, you know, we kind of know that if he, if Randall's got, if he, if he gets the full 80, you're going to get at least a 50, 60 out of him. And I, I got a 30 and he only played 48 minutes, which was definitely unders. Of, I thought he'd play at least 60. Um, so that really stung. Uh, those are my two bad scores. Uh, you know, Taff, you know, it's not a bad matchup this week as well, but I don't know how, you know, I mean, the, the Seagulls is not a bad matchup, but... You know, I'm not going to play him. I'm playing someone out of the Melbourne, out of the Melbourne spine. I'm playing Pappenhausen. I'm playing someone out of the out of the South spine this week. So are you? We'll touch on our trades shortly. As for Chris Randall, yeah, we've got to be concerned. There is plenty of questions coming up with him today. Uh, but yeah. yeah, look, he's been kind of blessed the last couple of weeks. Croslin's been on the bench every week, but there's been injuries. I remember two weeks ago, like there was mass injuries. Um, Croslin had to go play a bit of 13, bit of fullback, bit of halves, and Randall got the big minutes. He got the big minutes the week after that as well. But, yeah, really, really hampered. And 
Uh, owners have to be definitely looking at panicking selling, um, and we'll, we'll touch on him at shortly. Teamless Tuesday, dropped news dropped at 4 o'clock today. Uh, look, on the surface of things, there's not much to talk about, but actually I've got a fair bit written down here straight away. You and I touched on this last week. My trades were dictated by Cameron McInnes and bringing him in. I saw he performed really poorly in that first game of the round and flipped my trades. So instead of bringing in Damien Cook uh, and saving the money to bring in Cam McInnes for Xavier Coates, believe it or not, we ended up trading out Damien Cook, or not trading him out because he was like just a free trade anyway. We actually flipped him to IPAP and we moved Ruben Cotter up. So that trade worked out well and it's even worked out even better now. We see McInnes has dropped back to the bench. Are we surprised with that? Like, are we surprised with Dalfanuka not moving to prop? Some people saw this coming. I was in the camp where I thought McInnes would be the third team with Fanuka and a prop. Yeah, it's it's a little surprising just because of the caliber in the, of the two players. But let's not pretend that the Sharks haven't got good middles. They've got a lot of good middles to pick from. So I don't think that they need him necessarily there. Uh, look, and I think he's probably still working on a bit of match fitness. He's come back from an ACL and he hasn't really set the world alight. So maybe they're just trying to limit his minutes still. Um, and it might be, a, a you know, you might've dodged a bullet. Yeah. Plenty jumped on early. Uh, I was waiting a week and I guess this is, this is the benefits of, of waiting a week. Uh, Wade Graham named on the extended bench as well. Something to monitor there for Teague Wilton, uh, or even like perhaps Sifa, like whether that has a ripple effect. We're waiting on, on Connor Tracy as well. So there's something to monitor there. Good to see Wade Graham back in the fold. Uh, Tulatau Kula named at center with Morgan Harper on the extended bench. Uh, wasn't hmm. I think this was this was on the cars after the first 40 minutes. Uh, Kula did a very good job actually containing Talakai in that second half and uh, yeah, it looks like he's been rewarded. I don't know if he's been rewarded or if half has been dropped or if it's a bit of both, but yeah, good to see him because I'm going to be forced to play cooler this week. So handy that he's named. Yeah, I actually, you know, it didn't translate into a lot of points last week, obviously 20 points. He only played the half though. So that would have realistically been a 40 over the, the full game, you'd think. Um, and I think that's safe enough. I really liked what I've seen from him in first grade. I think it was a bit of both. I think Harper had a you know, a Barry and then got rolled by Talakai. But I also think um, Cooler's Ernie spot. And I think, you know, I've gone from having no reserves playing, you know, and I'm, I've got myself a couple, you know, reactivated this week, which is great. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned obviously one name that we'll touch on very shortly. Uh, Josh Schuster, he named on the extended bench as well. He's back in the, in the fold for Manly. Uh, Ethan Bullymore gets the start this week, but I wouldn't be confident with shoes to lurk and lurk and thereabouts. Uh, Isaiah Tass, he's also named uh, to to start. Look, I wouldn't be jumping on Tass straight away. Uh, I think he's played one game. This will be his second. So we get another look, and I'm pretty sure the injury that um, he is in for, I'm pretty sure it's Tane Milne. I'd have to double check. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't think that's a long-term injury. I think it's maybe two weeks. So I wouldn't be jumping yeah. on Tass straight away. Yeah, when I heard Tass name today, I was working at trade scenarios. I had a look at Milne and it's very short term. So you think he comes back into that team. So I would, you know, wait, don't don't, don't go early. We, we're getting burnt by a lot of going earlies this year and I would not go early on Tass. It's the theme, isn't it? Hey, we mentioned that Cooler got named because of uh, Harper's performance and maybe Cooler's uh, performance as well that he got. Uh, but Edward Cossey did himself no favours at all on the weekend to retain his spot. And that sees uh, Vayella come back in. We've held him for so, so long. We've had no one to trade him to. At 200k, we finally get him back. I am not confident in him at all. But as you said, we go from having um, a couple of guys out to, yeah, to getting Cooler back in, who could be not Cooler. So we, we, we get in Vayella. I don't think he's a play, but it's good to see a green dot there. 
Yeah, it is good to see a, a green dot there. He's got a break even of 28 too, so it doesn't look like he's going to make a heap of cash. Hopefully he makes a little bit. Oh, yeah, on the plus side, he is playing the Raiders, and we have been absolutely bloody rubbish. So I don't know if you're desperate. You know, you could probably play him, but it's sort of sight unseen because we haven't seen him since round one. Um, but it is good to get him in, and hopefully, you know, if he can jag a try or something, he'll start generating some cash and we might get something out of it. I put a I put a tweet up on Sunday night. Uh, Edward Cossey had a break even of five. Edward Cossey played eighty minutes on the weekend. Edward Cossey is going <laughs> to lose money with a break even of five. He scored three points eighty minutes. It was not a fine performance from him from Supercoach or the oh. NRL. I need to send him a gift basket for the the platform that he gave Xavier Coates to explode. Oh mate, it's <laughs> it was one of the all time bad games, you know. The, and you know there was a couple of them, you know. Obviously, what um, Talakai did there to Paul Harper, but Kosi, you know, it, that's the thing too. If Viley plays half decent this week, I think it's his position now to lose. So I think he was preferenced to start the year, and after that, Barry, you know, it's his spot to lose now. As long as he goes well, I think he might hold on. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, from the Bulldogs, one of the shining lights in their performance was uh, young Karaz. Now, he got a he got a start with some exemptions with COVID and stuff, and we all went ballistic, and he had really good base power numbers. I think he had uh, 16 points in offloads. I think he had four tackle breaks. He had uh, maybe 12 runs and maybe 13 tackles, and for a center, that's fantastic, and everyone was losing their mind, but he isn't actually a top 30 player, so he was he got some exemptions to play, and um, he drops back out. Look, he's definitely looking like an option mid-season when, when the top 30 rules sort of are, are evoked, but he drops out for, for people in the know. No surprise there. Just something to mention. Now, the mm. title the title of this podcast, The Dillbags Dilemma. Now, he's been named at centre to accommodate for Jacob oh. Arthur. This, they've got no centres, and you could put Cartwright there, but we know Dylan Brown is fantastic, a, a fantastic defensive player. We'll touch on him. We'll touch on him shortly. But he's mm. named at centre. Jacob Arthur is named at six. The positive thing, Tom Opachik named on the extended bench. My trades are going to revolve heavily around the hour before kickoff uh, mail and whether we boost for a fourth time this season or not. But Dylan Brown at centre is not ideal. But in saying that, he did score 77 points on the weekend. So not terrible up against the Cowboys this week as well. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the best thing for it is the fact that he scored well. And it didn't, you know, people were panicking like, oh, it's too late for me to do anything about it. But he did score and he looked pretty good in the centres, if we're being honest. Matt Burton, he look too Matt bad. Burton-esque, that sort of, ball, that third ball player in the, in the side. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't mind him. I think, you know, if he is named and actually plays there again this week, I think Brown is... I always saw him as a stepping stone up to something else. And, you, you know, we know your... I know your trade scenario... If he if he was actually to line up and play center this week, I would be pulling the trigger on you know utilizing him now to do something better in your team because it's just not ideal. I was trading next week regardless anyway. Parramatta's draw turns very very nasty after round nine. That was the appeal of Mitch Moses. They had a fantastic opening eight weeks and then round nine it turned hard. Uh, I did not expect Dylan Brown to average seventy seven points across the first eight rounds. Look, I started with Dylan Brown. Uh, he's been a huge success story. I was hoping for a sixty two sixty three. For him to average 77 has been fantastic. He's made a lot, a lot of money. In saying that, though, his break-even this week is 77. So if you do decide to hold, it's not the end of the world. It's not 150 that you have to navigate through. So, look, oh, it's tough. You know my, my trade scenarios, and we'll touch on them sh- uh, sort of at the back end of this episode, but not not promising at all. As I said, Tom Opachik named on the extended bench. So that is something to watch out for. If there was no backup centre named, my trades would be locked in stone. But the fact that Opachik is kind of 
roaming around makes me want to just hold off until we see the game day mail. Uh, Dane Gagai out for a month as well uh, with a facial fracture, just something to note there. So he is not named. And Jack Bird has been named despite his arm currently being in a million pieces. I very much expect Tal Talamone to, to come in and start. Yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, surely you can't. Surely you can't play. So, yeah, I mean, it uh, might if be anyone's a case still... of, sorry, it might be a case of the Monday game where coaches would have had to, or they, they wouldn't have had a chance to assess anything until now. Yeah, that's very possible. Uh, I wouldn't be expecting him to play. And I think, you know, if you were an, an own owner, uh, I think he's going to come in and play six. I was actually looking, like, once Jack Bird went down, I was like, oh, look, Amon's 210K. I know it's not ideal, but if he gets a six fight, it could be okay. And, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against it, but if you brought him in, I don't I don't hate it. Um, look, if Dylan Brown gets sent a wing, dual eligibility could be an easy flip between those two, which would be very very handy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be get jumping on the Amon wagon again after the start of the year. It's one of the ones I couldn't wait to get out of my team as, as early as I could. So now I'm stuck with a few of those as well, still in the team. But um, yeah, I'd probably find another way. You know, to, if you find another player, if you downgrade him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Hey, mate, let's move into the top five most sold, top ten most bought. Number one most sold, I wouldn't say it's surprising because I, I would expect to see him featured here eventually, but it's Brad Schneider. Now, 45 break even, I think he's definitely peaked. Probably didn't make as much cash as people anticipated. I say only 200K, it's still fantastic, but I think a lot of people were buying him, hoping we'd get into that sort of 500K range. Look, I've, I've had a quick look at the trades. A lot of these trades are going straight to Cleary, so I can't argue with that whatsoever. Yeah, people are messaging me and they're saying, I can get to Cleary, but it means I have to sell Schneider. And I say to them, go for it. You know, I cut Schneider early. I was cutting when he had a negative break even, but it was to ride the Dylan Brown price rises so that I could get Cleary in and I got Cleary in. So if, if Brad Schneider is your way to Cleary right now, do it because the Raiders draw is, is getting tougher. And, you know, I think you're not going to regret getting Cleary now at all. I think he's only a sell to Cleary, though. I don't really like any other half to be bringing in other than Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a lot of people who are saying, you know, sideways, they're sending me sideways stuff for Schneider or, you know, versing someone else who's in the same sort of, you know, scoring the same, has the same sort of break even, and I'm like, don't go sideways. So if it is to do something fantastic in your team, I get it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there, mate. Uh, your boy, Chris Randall, uh, he's the second most traded player this week. Now, his minutes are, are always an issue. I think he's definitely peaked. The fact that he isn't playing round 13 either is probably the, the big ticking point for me. I know that we spoke about last week saying don't buy players because they just play round 13, but you can definitely sell guys that have, you're sort of on the fence about, about round 13. Um, so, for example, myself, Daniel Tupo, I am an owner. I am holding. Now, if Daniel Tupo wasn't playing round 13, I would probably aim towards selling. Um, but yeah, the fact that Chris Randall isn't playing, I think that round 13 um, coverage is is the big tipping point, despite the minutes being up and down. Absolutely. He, in one of my couple of scenarios, I've got Chris Randall down to Corey Pakes is one of the scenarios to, to get my money for my second trade. Um, I, it's one of the scenarios. I don't know if I'll do it, but I think he it is. It's just the minutes... If he was playing 80 minutes, it would be perfect. And 48 minutes last week was not ideal for him making his BE. And he's he's looking like he's peaked and he doesn't even look like he can safely play him, unfortunately. Yeah, that's just it's it's getting 
I'm not saying we have to set our teams up for the run home because God, we're only in round eight, but you do want to have some kind of stability in your reserves. You maybe want to have one one reserve spot that you can punt on. Um, you want to have sort of three stable ones, and I wouldn't be putting Randall in the stable category, and I wouldn't really look to punt him either. I don't think he has the upside to be punting for a reserve, so I would, yeah, I'm definitely on board with selling here. Uh, number three, pretty straightforward, Josh Curran, uh, four-week injury. I actually was messaging Aman um, from Aman Talk Supercoach in about the 30th minute, and I said, hey, look, I'm going to bring in um, Josh Curran because he plays round 13 and he's got good coverage. He's obviously looking very well, look on the edge, and then uh, went off. So, yeah, four-week injury there. I'm very unfortunate because he is probably the shining light in that Warriors side. Yeah, it's a real pity. He was someone I was eyeing off because he's still under that 600K. Uh, it's really unfortunate. And people were probably had him in their team and they were like, there's a nice solid number I'm going to have for round 13. It's unfortunate. And it's no surprise that people moving yeah. him on. He was a guy you could have bought round one and held him realistically up until round 17. If you had the coverage, you could have held him basically all season long because we saw the numbers that he put up on the edge last year. Uh, but yeah, very unfortunate for him. That game against Melbourne really sort of turned when he went off. So um, yeah, very unfortunate for them. Number four most traded player this week, Isaac Tago. I, yeah. I, I don't know about this one, to be honest. Mate, uh, you, you're top of the pops one week and then you're down in the bloody toilet the next week. We're, very, yeah, I mean, we're a very fickle bunch of coaches, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, he obviously didn't make his BE last week. I don't think he, he's finally lost some money uh, after all the great money that he's made. People are utilizing his cash. They're probably going down to Suwali, you know, which generates some good coin and that's getting cleary. So, you know, I, I can see why people are selling him in a super coach sense, but I'm going to hold him because like we've mentioned just quietly about, you know, who were you talking about? Tupu, Tega is going to play round 13 and he's in the best team in the league who, you know, can you see Targo going and cracking an 80 or 90 again soon? Yes, you can. So his money's going to kickstart again. He might even lose money, this week and next week go down to 400, but I think he'll get a big score again, which will start him up again and he'll start making you know money again as well. Uh, I think it's a bit knee jerk if you're just trading him for trade's sake because he's BE, you know, is not looking, you know, superb. But if it's to get money that you, you need to get Cleary in, I understand it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm going to be holding. I'm actually trying just to do what I can to, to bring the bloke down because I've had him at second row all year and I really want him down at center wing. So... I'm holding for that basically very pivotal round 13, as you said. I can see a lot of questions out of the corner of my eye about sort of best options for round 13, and we've we've mentioned it pretty heavily on this podcast, and there actually is a dedicated question uh, about round 13 and when we should start looking, who we should look at, because um, we are getting into yeah. round eight now, so we're not too far away from sort of the first buy period, and um, we will touch on that a little bit heavily uh, in, the, in the back end of this episode, so hang around for that one. Uh, number five, most sold player this week. For the exact same reasons as I listed last week, nothing's changed. It's both them all. Now, had a monster break even last week of 75, I want to say, off the top of my head. Didn't hit that this week. Um, just The Titans don't look good. He is very up and down. The work rate just kind of isn't there for him to be consistent in our sides. He's been fantastic for the first six, seven weeks. Made us some really good coin, but same reasons as last week, mate. I'm looking to move both of them on. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, maybe if the coach knew how to coach, he'd get him on the other side of the uh, ruck as well. Maybe play him in, maybe play him at centre with Fafita at the other centre as well. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, he's actually played some first grade in centre. It would have made sense for him to do that last week instead of putting Fafita there. Craig, um, Craig, Fitzgibbon, yeah. Craig Fitzgibbon has broken the, the NRL. Uh, all the coaches are now scrambling to try and find <laughs> a back row to fit into the centres or even a half in Dylan Brown's case. 
put it, put non centers in the center. Um, yeah, look, the Titans don't look great. It's not a great matchup this week in Penrith. Get rid of him. You know, I prefer him as a sell to Tago, 100%. 100%, yeah. I, I, you and I were both keen on the firmer sell last week, so we definitely have to be on, on the sell this week. Hey, let's move into the top 10 most bought players. I'm surprised that Joseph Swally's only at number three, and we'll touch on him shortly. But Sifatalakai... I don't want to. I don't want to talk myself, but this was a masterstroke for me. I'm so glad I got him in early uh, because he's been phenomenal the last two weeks, back to back tons and uh, most ball player this week. So expect a 25 from him because that's just the way that uh, these trade trends have worked all year. But he's coming up against Tony Staggs this week. He is just. If you want to look at how to use a dominating center, uh, if Kevin Walters, Justin Holbrook, and whoever is listening to this podcast, if you want to work out how to just have a damaging ball running center, watch how that the Sharks just focus their entire attack around Talakai. It was get him the ball early, get him the ball with space, and yeah, Morgan Harper's chest is probably still indented with Talakai's palm on it. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, Holbrook put Fafita on the side that they don't ever attack towards. They always go left the tight. So he's t- catching a cold out there. You should have, would have been better if they put him at left center. You know, like he should be in left second row. Um, yeah, look, people are bringing in Talakai. Yes, it's chasing points. He's still got a negative break even. Um, the matchup, you think that, that it's going to be a good one for the Sharks. But I think that I can see him and Staggs both scoring well this week. I don't know if it's going to be 100. And wouldn't it just be the way people will bring him in? You know, I I missed out on David Fafita's two 100s. I brought him in this week. And I still <laughs> brought him in despite the fact that he was put in center just because I knew that his money was going to go up. Um, and, you know, he got a 40. But uh, you, you can see people bringing in Talakai and him not getting 100 and everyone being spewing about it. Yeah, 100%. I've just been given some breaking news here. The senior NRL official uh, from the Roosters-Dragons game has been axed, has been... Yeah, fired, whatever, uh, over the Daniel Tufo Sinbin fiasco. Not super coach relevant, but just got a notification there. So pretty funny, Fair I enough. think. Well, I mean, you know, Homoli, I still haven't seen any footage that showed Homoli making contact with the head. It was just whiplash, but, you know, unlike the Paulo one where there was some contact with the head, there was none. And he got a Sinbin and a grade two, you know, and... I really don't get it. I don't get how that's not a sim bin. And it's a disadvantage, you know, to the other team that he doesn't get a sim bin. It was worse than, uh, it was worse than Hamali, in my opinion. As a Tupo owner, very, very fortunate. Was very much kissed on the dick last week. Uh, number two, most bought player. I've just simply put two words here. Must have Nathan Cleary. Uh, you and I advocated for, I say you and I, like we're the only ones that ever said it. Every podcast under the sun would have advocated for selling the entire house, the kids, remortgage, whatever you got to get Cleary in last week, paid absolute dividends, uh, must have this week. For anyone that was hoping that this monster price tag that he had, you'd have a bit of cash loss. He made up for the first drop last week and now he's got, I think he's got a three break even and it's just, he's just so good. He can just turn it on. People complain about the unicorn points. What is the point of complaining about it? Just just ride with it. Get get him in, set and forget. Yeah, you get him in. Look, players, you see the ones that are getting accused of it. Hines and Cleary, they're accumulators. They get points in many, many ways. So, you know, it seems like they're not accumulating, but they are. Um, look, I think if any player was screaming out, you must get them, it was last week in Cleary because it was an achievable um, B. This week, it's a three. If you do not get him this week, you may not be able to get him again all season. So it's now or never. He um, He's just looking. He hasn't missed a beat. 
took a week or two to yeah. get back into it. He has not missed a beat at all. Uh, the game yeah. slowed down dr- dr- immensely. Uh, that does not phase Nathan Cleary at all. He was on 50 points at halftime last week and put on 100 points in the second half. Penrith, oh, he's Pen- a second half specialist. Penrith had the breeze in their face this week. Um, he scored 34 points at halftime, and I think he was on 60 points with about 15 minutes to go and put on about 90 points in about 15 minutes. And, yeah, people were upset over the Talon May try assist because, obviously, Tago got the last touch for that. But if we're being consistent, like, Cleary broke two tackles. He created the space, and all Tago did was catch and pass. I thought that was pretty clear that it's a, it's a Cleary try assist, but I guess if you don't own it, was frustrating to watch that. Yeah, if you don't, I mean, the fact, I, I kind of find the ones that are contentious and you can argue about, they usually, they can go either way. If it's, sometimes you see when you're like, that's clear cut, a try assist for, to, for that one. And I the ones where it goes against what looks like it's an obvious thing, I can get it. But that one was probably line ball, and yeah, Cleary. In that instance, the Cleary last name does pay when they're scoring points. It does indeed. A last name that is spoken about a lot. What a segue from you. Joseph Suwali, probably one of the most hyped prospects in the last 20 years that you could probably remember. He has a break-even of, I think, three or four this week. So it's not like it's minus 40. It's not It's not huge that you're going to miss out on this massive price rise. If you have other issues in your side, I feel you can wait a week on this. He, his break-even doesn't scream, I have to be bought now. Uh, but it is nice to, to downgrade someone uh, in your center wings it isn't performing, um, or even in your 2RF, and you can move Tago or, or Firmer up or whoever you own, uh, Aitken, whatever. Number three for Sawali, yeah. do you have him less of a priority than Talakai and Cleary, despite the price rise this week? Um, Yeah, look, I, I, I would have Cleary ahead of him because I could see Cleary being over a million dollars. And you not only are you missing, you know, you're going to pay much more money for him after this week. You, you know, you're going to miss his score as well. He's a captain option this week as well. So I would be nailing Cleary. I'm, I'm one of those ones that gives people advice saying, don't buy people. You should have bought Katalakai when he's in the 400s, buying him at top price, but he still has got the negative break even. So I get that purchase as well. But if you're boosting or you, you know, if you need to make Cleary money, Suwali looks like a pretty rock solid. I think he's going to be the winger there for them for the rest of the year. He's going to play the buy. Um, and, you know, you get him now with that three because he's going to be more expensive next week. I was actually really concerned with his involvement in the first half of that game, but it was a much more confident second half from him and he got really involved. Hopefully he plays like that all the time, you know, for, for both halves of footy. It makes sense to me that he's up high on the list. And while Joey Manu has the the hot hand uh, with no Daniel Tupo next week, you expect him to sort of go um, down the right side a little bit more, which should hopefully open up a uh, a decent amount of t- attacking chances for Suwali, which which would be nice. Uh, number four here is uh, Karaz. Now I take these numbers at about six o'clock on a Tuesday uh, for all the same reasons that we mentioned. Karaz was dropped beforehand. He is not a buy. I think people are just getting a little bit too over themselves and and maybe don't understand that he is not eligible. Um, Number five, I put Corey Pakes with a whole lot of question marks, but you were yeah. looking, you were looking at him. So I guess I'll give the floor to you as to why we're looking at Corey Pakes as uh, a bench utility that is playing in this Bronco side with weird job security. Yeah, look, I think if you talk to Broncos fans, they say that they they love Pakes. Yeah, I think that the Broncos looked a hell of a lot better with Pakes on the field. So did the halves. He unlocked the halves a lot more. You know, a couple of line breaks from him and a try 
as well. He looks to me better than any Billy Walters at the nine. He looks a hell of a lot better than Turpin. So I guess it's more of an eye test thing that he's going to be getting bulk minutes there. He's only 230 K. So, you know, for me, I can get rid of Randall who I, I think Corey Pakes will score the same as Randall, but I'm going to make 200 K selling Randall to him. So it's basically buying yourself another Randall, but getting yourself the money to upgrade an Ilias to a Walker. That's my thinking behind it. The other way is if I sell one of those centers who is peaking, who's not around 13 player, and I bring in Suwali. That's the other option, which I'm probably leaning towards. And I'm just going to have to still sit there with Randall. You know, if there's another injury and things could look up for him again, where he starts going to 80, I think they'd be better off not having one. Of, I think they'd be better off not having one of those ones on the bench, you know, bench hooker. Um, but that's the other scenario. Look, Corey Pakes, he's got that 70 in his score from last week. He is named in the 14 this week, but I think you'll get 50 or 60 minutes, which is, you know, the same as Randall. So it's basically just rebuying Randall, but for a whole bunch cheaper. Yeah, a sideways trade, but to bank some cash. I definitely don't don't hate that at all. Um, I'm in agreements with Broncos fans. I think Corey Pakes should be the nine. Like he just looks so electric at a dummy half. He just look. He looks. He brings a spark. Uh, I like Billy Walters at 14. He can cover probably third. Uh, play lock if he had to. He's got the defensive work rate to play lock. He can play halves. We've seen that he can play nine. So I do like him in that 14 role. I think Corey Pakes should be yeah. playing 60 minutes. I really do like him. Um, I guess I didn't factor in the. The, the price that you do say bringing in Randall. So I don't I don't hate this at all. Um, yeah, on second yeah, it, thought, it I don't risky. hate it. It's risky. Yeah, it's going to be a risk because Turpin could come back in and it is it, it is Kevin Walters, remember, and he's a bit of a lunatic. So he might just put Turpin in him and start Billy Walters again. There, But it is a risk. And I just think that he's it's worth a punt because you're not getting what you need out of Randall. Um, but it is a risky one. Thomas in the live chat has made a very, very good point here. In this top 10 list, only one of these guys is playing round 13. So maybe people aren't playing, planning for round 13 as hard as what we think. But in number six, Isaiah Papali'i. Now, a very, very late in for me. Um, I brought him in after seeing McKinnis think it up. As I said, oh, he is he is just so good. Like that, he'd be a must-have just at, at 2RF. But the fact he's got front row eligibility is just... Absolutely, like it's a, it's a godsend. We were worried all preseason. Every podcast was like, "Oh, you know what?" Brad Arthur was playing him in the middle last year. Even when Madison wasn't available, is he going to do it this year? Uh, but I honestly think, and I've said this to you plenty of times in the podcast, the emergence of Makahisi Makatoa, I think, has really taken the stress out of Brad Arthur playing him through the middle. Um, and to the point, like Sean Lane's playing career best footy as well, which has forced Ryan, Pap- uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. It's forced Ryan Madison to be on the bench, and IPAPS is just killing it on that right-hand side. He is an absolute animal. And, you know, all the players that I don't own this year, he's the one that stings the most. Um, he's nearly 800K. You know, like, if you didn't get him, sometimes you have to accept that you've missed someone. And that's, I've, I've given that advice to some people talking about Talakai this week, is sometimes you've got to just accept you didn't get on one at the right time and you've missed him. Um, I hate other to say that I'm like, yeah, I hate to say that I've missed him. He's, he's got a 42 break even this week, which he's going to cover, you know, and he's going to go up in price but I just can't fork out 800K because my hope was to get Josh King up to him, but the jump is like four, you know, 350K now, which I can't make. Um, but I really, really want him, and I'm envious of everybody that has him. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate I got him in last minute um, and then seeing him struggle for two tries, two very soft tries as well, which was always nice. Uh, number seven, Tamara Martin. Now, I, I definitely feel he can wait. He, he looks like a decent option. 
uh, not at fullback, but at, at five eight. But he can probably wait. Yeah, I mean, how long is they're going to go with Tessie New? Surely when he's back, but how long is he out for? I think it was about a six, question. six week hamstring injury, so there's a little bit of time. But that, that's only six weeks is only what one two. That's only four price rises. And is Tamara Martin's ceiling good enough to 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 look? If he gets a hundred points in one of that cycle, yeah, he's going to go up good coin. But like, does he have the ability to score a hundred points in four price and like get good movement out of four price rises? Yeah, I mean, it's. I would definitely get a look at him this week and see how he goes. It was what was it, thirty eight last week, and it was his first game back in a while. Get a look at him this week if he gets a fifty or something. He's only two hundred k. He might be a nice downgrade in the five eight position, but you know, I think if you can get Cody Walker for four hundred and change, you know, just get him in. Um, but yeah, I would wait a week. But two and a half percent, you know, people are bringing him in. Good pod. Number eight on the list, Cameron Munster. Oh, boy. He is he is looking good. He is making it very, very hard not to press that trade boost for a fourth time this year for me because I do have the funds for it. Uh, he is he is looking good. And while Melbourne are going to keep scoring 70 points, uh, I think he's going to have his hand in maybe one or two tries, Ado. Yeah, he's, you know, obviously he's, putting some feelers out there for clubs. And he's playing absolutely sensationally this year. He's only had one down score, which was a 33. That's a, that's Munster's floor. We've got a 74, an 84, a 96 and 110 this week. They look sensational, the Melbourne storm. And that was one of the things I did get right at the start of the year. I wanted mad dog. He was slim. It was off the drink. Like me, I was off the drink and I was just like, I'm starting with mad dog. And I haven't regretted it for a second. Um, I think he's a high price. And he's someone who you're happy to finish the year with, I think, in the you know the five eight position. So I get it, and I, I'm. It's like how you all you IPAP owners are like, yeah, I own IPAP, and you don't. I feel that way about Cameron Smith. Okay, oh, Cameron Munster. I wouldn't say no to Cameron Smith right now with uh, the way the hooker's looking. Um, but look, his teammate in uh, in Xavier Coates, one of the most sold players last week, has made his way into one of the most bought players this week. He has a one break even against the the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Is he a guy that we go out of our way to buy for? Or is he one of the ones where it's just like, all right, owners, well done for buying him, but I can't go out of my way to buy him? Well, just go back and have a look at the score, a couple of scores before this, before you go buying Xavier Coates. Because this was a game where they got 70 points, and yeah, there was tries galore for him. But look... Probably had the, best, know, the, wing, probably had the best wing in, like defensive winger matchup to score four tries on as well. That, yeah. kick, that so, kick, I think it was his fourth try... Costi just stopped running with ten minutes to go. He, he just, he just said, no, "I'm, I'm done." And coach just strolled over, and that's not going to happen every week. Yeah, and that's the thing. Even if it was two tries, you know, if it's two tries instead of four tries, it's fifty points. So you really need four tries from him for it to be relevant. He's not somebody I would be getting. He's not somebody I would be getting. I would prefer to get up to you know, uh, Lomax, Graham, Graham. yeah, or Lomax or a. You know, Tupu, I know he's off for this week, but, you know, I just don't get it. You know, he's one of those ones like um, the Fox. If there's not bulk tries, it's a it's terrible watching. Uh, as a super coach I'm actually like, and I'll put this out there for people, I would be looking at eyeing off Jason Saab. Now, similar similar super coach game to Xavier Coates, probably not, not playing the better side. You've got to wait till Turbo's back, but Saab is bottoming out rapidly, and we saw what happened last year. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen again, but... For the ceiling that is there, if you're buying one of these like high ceiling guys, I don't hate the idea of picking up Saab once Turbo comes back. 
Oh yeah, I'm eyeing it off because it's, round, round he's 13. so non-relevant. <laughs> he's, he's not relevant at all, <laughs> you know, and barely relevant at times when Turbo's there, unless he gets the tries. But if you're getting him for 200k, you know, he's he. You can get him and stash him on the bench. Wait for Turbo, and you know, you should get get some tries and start going up big time in money like he did last year. There was a nice stat that I posted, uh, I think around 20 last year when it comes to Jason Saab. I think he averaged 65 points a game with Turbo in the side compared to 21 points a game without Turbo. So, yeah, 45-point swing. So, wait till Turbo's back. But I don't hate the idea of picking up Jason Saab um, eventually. Someone said Saab has no base stats. That's exactly why we're comparing him with Xavier Coates. Both of them have a very similar Supercoach game. Uh, in number yep. ten, the most bought, oh, so the tenth most bought player this week. I feel like if you don't own Ryan Pappenhausen, like maybe maybe just delete that. But I'll tell you what, I'm very smug because plenty of people were at me last week saying don't sell Teddy, sell Pap instead because of the monster break even. And mm. Pap has just delivered. I had a bold prediction that Ryan Pappenhausen would be the highest averaging fullback this year over Turbo. Uh, and I'll tell you what, that's that's looking pretty pretty juicy. He is. One ankle, two ankles, swollen ankle, no ankles, doesn't matter. Like, he he was on song. Yeah, and look, that's why, I mean, everyone's like, oh, sell him with his monster break even, but Teddy hasn't gone close to a ton this year at all. He's got some 70s, so he was way more of an obvious sell to me. I sold Teddy, and I think he did pretty good, actually. I think, you know, he probably should have been a hold, maybe, you know, but if you needed the money, I I get it. But Pappenhausen, five-round average of 112, he's he can go big, big hundreds. And that's what you want in your fullback position. He may not do it all the time, but when he does, it's going to get that average up close to 100 because he goes big hundreds. Yeah, I sold Teddy for Payne Haas and Isaiah Papali'i, so I, I can't complain with whatever Teddy scored. Someone said that to me. Someone said, oh, what are you going to do if... And this was after IPAP scored a double. Someone said, oh, what are you going to do if Teddy scores 120? And I said, you know what? Good on him. Like, I can't complain with the fact that I got in Haas and IPAP. Um, just off topic, I was shitting myself because I had owned Payne Haas for exactly one hit-up and it looked like his arm had fallen off and I was I was not happy. Mate, he should get a nickname like they call, you know, Gilmeister the Axe. He's got to be called the Terminator because for, an, for him to do the injury that he did in the first tackle and then to play on and top the meters and tackles and stuff. He, he's an absolute bloody Terminator. In the middle of, uh, in the middle of Ramadan too. Obviously, uh, Payne Haas, Prad, oh. Prad Muslim. So he's in the middle of Ramadan and yeah, just a, he's just a machine, man. Like honestly, he's so good. I don't know why I was, yeah, I don't did. know why I said to everyone all preseason fade him. Uh, I'm so glad I got him in. Yeah, he's an animal. Um, And he's, he's named this week, you know, so, you know, if you've got an IPAP has front row, you don't have to worry for the rest of the year. Yeah. You're in good, good shape. Very, very happy with that. Uh, let's move on to one of my favourite segments. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. Uh, last week, I was pretty pretty happy, pretty chuffed. I mean, I did recommend Blake Taff as a VC. Not ideal. But I did uh, I did, did try and tip people into Mulatalo, Talakai, Hines VCs. Uh, had Stags in there, which didn't do too well. Had Fafita, which didn't do too well. Um, but I think anyone with half a brain... Also recommended the Melbourne Spine, and they all just, just killed it. Uh, this week, we're backing up with Talakai. Talakai VC, Heinz VC, played the first game of the round, uh, making it very easy for us super coaches. But the question is, do we go with Cleary? Do we go with, with Pappy? There's a couple options. Um, obviously, Cleary has to get a mention. VC slash C. Just depends on which way you're going to go. Uh, Cody. Cody Walker, he could be in for a sneaky little VC option. Mitch Moses as well. He's ever consistent against these bottom-feeding sides. And pretty much... Anyone in the Melbourne Storm that wears the one six, seven, or nine? 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm probably leaning towards, you know, it's a nice early Friday game with Cleary, so he looks VCable to me. It is away, but the Titans are no match for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Magic round, was it Magic round last year that Cleary put on 200 against the Titans? Yeah, so I like him for a VC, and after what Paps did last week and the mood that Melbourne's in, I think those are just two rock solid. You know, if Cleary goes out and gets an 80, I feel very confident to just keep the, the captain on, you know, Pappy in the form that he's in in the Melbourne Storm. So, but I, I like your suggestions there. Talakai, you know, there's going to be a lot of new owners of Talakai and they're probably going to be tempted to put the VC on him. But I really think it's a mouthwatering matchup and I think Tony is going to be motivated. He's yeah. not... He's not a Morgan Harper shape. Like, Katoni can put a hit on. He won't back down from this. And, and you could see that in the interview. They, I think Channel 9 interviewed him and said, oh, you're up against, up against Talakai next week. And, and Katoni wasn't backwards and coming forwards. He said, I'm coming for you. Like, I'm not going to let this. And this that could be an audition for the Origin Center spot with uh, with Trell out. So, uh, definitely could yeah, be, I think it's could gonna be a, be a lively. It's going to be a lively matchup. I mean, but the thing about Talakai is he's not just a running threat. He's got, you saw that kick he did last week and he's got a nice pass on him too. So I think if Katoni rushes out at him and tries to put him on his ass, I think Talakai's got some weapons to use outside of just barging over. So I'm really looking forward. It's going to be a heck of a nice um, Thursday night game. I really, you know, I'm really pumped for it. Um, But yeah, I think there's definitely, I mean, Cody Walker's coming up. You know, I'm going to be a new Cody Walker owner. It's his 150th game. So I think he's going to get up this week. And I and that's people asking me, well, why are you getting in Cody Walker, Ado? I saw some green shoots. There was a try last week and it was 70-odd, but I think they're starting to look a little bit le- better on the left as well. And you can see his energy levels up as well. You know, I even saw it on the Matty John show. He looked up a bit more. Uh, and I, he, I saw him on the news tonight saying how much it means to him being a sort of older debutant in the NRL, how much it means to him to get to 150 I reckon we're going to see him ton up this week. Ooh, spicy. Um, back on Talakai, I don't know if this is a weird comparison, but he reminds me very similar to like um, to Kenny Bromwich, like that sort of stocky back rower that's got a bit of like bit of flair, bit of skill. Uh, obviously, Talakai is a much better ball runner, um, but Bromwich has that really nice kicking game as well down the short side. Talakai reminds me a little bit similar of that as well. Just a stocky back rower that's not too tall, but uh, is definitely damaging. I am debating whether I go VC Hines C Cleary or VC Cleary C um, Pappenhausen. I don't, I'll tell you what, though, if Melbourne are going to go through 17 kickers a game, 17 goal kickers a game, not very confident. I think uh, Harry Grant had a shot nearly right in front, missed it. Uh, Cam Munster should <laughs> never, Cam Munster should never be given a kicking tee again. Uh, Nick Meany, obviously competent goal kicker. Who else had a shot? Pap obviously had a shot. I swear there was maybe one more, but. It, it reminds me, you know when you played footy when you were younger and you just like towel up a side and like everyone got a shot at goal? Everyone got a goal. Yeah, yeah it felt a bit like that. I'm sure he, he, did, he did actually grab the ankle at one point in that game, but he kept kicking goals. So I'm sure it'll be back to normal. When do they play? Really late in the round. So I yeah. think he's got recovery time to be kicking all the goals. He's really improved as a goal kicker too, I think, perhaps. So um, I'm sure he'll be back kicking goals this week. And, mate... I think they're going to do an absolute number on. I think it could be almost like seventy last to week's score, maybe not seventy. It'll be fifty to nil <laughs> this oh, week. Goodness, you're talking me into VC Cleary, CPAP. Uh, in saying that, we, we discuss this every week. What is the score that Cleary's got to get for you to take the loop? Uh, well, I mean, if I've got Pap as the captain, I'm not going to go uh, anything under one thirty this week. Yeah. I just think, yeah. I mean, I think with the 
you know, with Talakai and that that matchup early, and then you know the Penrith matchup, I think you can expect a lot with with someone reliable like Pap and he's scoring down in you know as your your captain. I think you can expect a little more. Uh, someone just put in the live chat. Nelson asked for Solomon should get a shot at goal. Oh, how about that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty handy with the boot. Oh, give that me, was just give, a, give me a go. pinpoint pinpoint accuracy from Big Nass. Um, let's move into hot takes. Last week I had Fafita under sixty five tick. Cleary to go back to back tons tick. Herbie to outscore Tony Staggs. That was a tick until updates when Staggs did us by two points. So we lost that one out. I think you started off pretty hot as well last week with your uh, with your mystic calls. I don't even know what. I mean, are you talking about the ones I posted? Yeah, on the my ones you put on the, one, the ones I put on Instagram. They started out quite well. Yeah, I did start well. I, I didn't. I you know, and I because I don't. Keyword key do being start. I <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do a. I don't do one. I do big, lots of big calls. Uh, well, let's have a look what I got. I I, I got a few of them. I think, I, got, yeah, I think you had Fafita uh, unders. As, I think you, yeah, because you you told me with that. I think you had Cleary overs as well. You told me with that one. I think we both had that, and then you had a couple other ones. I put. Yes, I got a bit wild at the end. I said Cleary would score exactly 97. I said an 18th man will be used. So I did start well, and then it stopped right after that. Yeah. Um, this week, I'm going to go Lomax 85+. plus. I think he's got a really, really nice matchup. He's, uh, the Dragons are just flying. Uh, I put a post on Twitter today about how just underappreciated Ben Hunt is, and uh, yeah, really gutsy win. I think Lomax could just towel up. He just needs a try, and he'll get 85+. plus. Um, I originally thought IPAT was up against Nenai, and IPAT could have murdered Nenai, um, but he's up against Lukey. I still think he's going to murder Lukey as well. So uh, Parramatta or yeah, iPad to to go 100 plus. And I've got Taff for a bit of bit of bounce back factor with a 60 plus for young Blake Taff. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm going to say Talakai goes under 100. I'm going to say he goes under 80. They're going to get a little bit more spicy. <laughs> under 80 for Talakai this week. I think that uh, Cody Walker is going to go 100 plus. He's 100 and. Well, it's his 150th game. I'm going to say Cody Walker goes 150 this week. I'll take that all the way to the bank of that happens. Jesus, that'd be nice. <laughs> and I'm going to say that Paps, um, I think Paps is going to be the highest scorer of the week. That's why he's going to be my captain. So Ooh. just the highest score of the week will be Paps. Someone asks me this all the time. They say, are these predictions, are these just your wants and wishes? And look, you know, honestly, they're probably wants and wishes, aren't they? Well, in a way, I mean, I own Talakai, so I don't. I want him to get as much as as he can. Uh, I've tipped Cody a lot. I mean, funnily enough, when I'm gambling, I win a lot more on South because you can predict who's going to score the tries and stuff. So, you know, I've got a soft spot for Cody. I hate not owning him. I hate that he's been down this year. I think he's going to surely stand up for his 150th and let's, you know, you want to see him succeed. So I'm, I do want it to happen. Surely. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. A couple of interesting moves this week. I've toyed with the idea of selling Arrow. I've toyed with the idea of selling Tupo. I've toyed with the idea of selling Panasini, Dylan Brown. There's a couple of guys I've sort of had my eye on selling. I've settled on Lockie Ilias out, Cody Walker in, Will Panasini out, Joseph Sawali in. Now, I know what everyone's going to say. So, uh, Panasini's got like a three-break even Got a good matchup this week, but I was selling him next week regardless. As I said, Parramatta's draw turns pretty, pretty nasty and uh, just not really liking what I'm seeing. Like the attacking output, it's just not there. The base is cool, but uh, Sawali could just do a job for much cheaper. That allows me to potentially boost, and this is not locked in, so please take this with a grain of salt. If Dylan Brown plays centre, and an hour before kickoff, that is confirmed. We will be boosting for the fourth time this year, and we'll be bringing in Cameron Munster. Mm. 
If he doesn't, uh, we will just hold tight with Dylan Brown and probably sell him next week for Munster. So I'm going to own Munster either this week or next week, but just a question of when. So, yeah, Ilias out, Cody in, which is nice. And then Penasini out, Sawali in. Uh, we have to play Teletau Cooler this week as well, which but it could be okay. What about you? Yep, I've got two scenarios. It's either going to be Randall down to Pakes, uh, which is probably the riskier way to go, and I, I'm, I'm leaning towards not doing it, but it'd be Randall to Pakes and Ilias up to Cody Walker. I'm, I, all I'm trying to do is fund the Walker. <laughs> you know, I'm going to fund my Walker trade. The other one that I was contemplating was either Targo, but because he's a 13 um, and I don't have enough money to do Billy Smith, so it'd have to be Penasini for me as well. You you know, people are like, oh, why would you sell Panasini? But his average is 50. And it's like what I said about Randall. He's going to, if I sell to Pakes, I think Pakes is going to average the same as Randall. He's only averaging 45. So I get it for 200K cheaper, uh, exactly what Randall's doing. If you sell Panasini to uh, Suwali, you get around 13 player. He's you know going to get you the money you need to do these Ilias type trades. And you can see Suwali averaging 50. He did that last year. It was 45 or something. So there's no real risk in it. Penasini's made some good money, you know, and that's what they're there for, to move on to better things. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that. I was just looking at Chris Randall. His break-even is 31. So not unattainable, but what kind of cash gen is there? Uh, I don't really hate your moves. I'm just looking at my center wings now. I could generally score. I could score 400 points with my center wings, or I could score 100. I've got Talon May. Uh, Xavier Coates, Joseph Sawali, and Tulatel Cooler. I could score a monster or score nothing with, with this center wing. So, uh, But we do have Cody Walker and Dylan Brown slash Cameron Munster. So if we can get Munster and... If we can get Munster and Walker before round eight, that is... I'd t- if you told me that in the preseason and I'd buy Cody Walker for 460K, like he's definitely bottomed out now. His break-even is 30. You expect him to hit that. He's lost 271K. This is the cheapest we're going to get Cody Walker. And if he could just find some form. South have a ridiculous draw up until like round 21. So yeah, I do like yeah, Cody. If you get if you need any encouragement to buy Cody Walker, just go and have a look at their next five games. Yeah. I'm going to have a, a, a you know, my halves and five eights. It's going to be Cleary, Hines, Munster and Cody Walker. And that's, that sits very you know fine with me. Yeah. I think that that was my next question. Cause I'm looking at Nathan Cleary and Blake Taff as my halfbacks with, with Hines at fullback. The goal hmm. would potentially be to move maybe like a duel with Arrow and Taff out, maybe bring in a, a a turbo if he comes back and bottoms out and we get enough at, at 2RF. These are all questions that we'll, we'll look at after the buys, but it's always good to have a little bit of planning moving forward. Um, mate, we've got a couple of Twitter questions. Obviously, we had some really good ones last week, very in, in, insightful uh, and thoughtful, basically looking at how we approach the game. We have a couple of more. The first one comes from uh, D. Jarky Wits. I'm sorry if I have not pronounced that well. Should we do whatever it takes to bring in Nathan Cleary? I was holding off as I was worried about the origin period and hoping uh, and thought and honestly thought he would drop some cash, but that ain't happening with a big face palm, palm, face palm emoji. Now, I think we've we've made our thoughts on this throughout the podcast pretty clear. Nathan Cleary, non-negotiable in your side. I mean, did we... He's the best halfback in the game, but did we see him coming out and averaging 100 points through the first four weeks? And if you told me he had, what a 48 and then a 50 in his first two games and he'd be averaging a hundred. Uh, yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. But his break even is incredibly low. It's, it's three, uh, he's 955 K honestly could, could be over a million bucks next week. Yeah. We were hoping that we could get Nathan Cleary cheaper when we knew that he wasn't going to start the year. 
we were hoping. And if you, I, I just took it once I lost, once he was 50K cheaper, I was like, it's not going to get any cheaper. And I jumped. Now you've got him for 950. You grab him because you're not going to get him any cheaper anytime soon. You know, this week being able to VC Cleary into a Pappenhausen uh, captain, that's how you get yourself green arrows and you get up into the top thousand because you've got strong VC, strong, you know, the strongest. You've got Cleary VCable, you know, because you've got a Paps down there in the Sunday game. So get yeah. him in. I think he's going to just get 100 every game. He just, he, the Panthers, as good as they are, Cleary's the king. He gets whatever he wants. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, it says a lot. And I don't want to, like, big myself up because, boy, I, I started last season quite hot and finished 18,000th. Like, that's quite well documented. Um, I've started well this year. And I don't want to jinx that. But I'm now in a position where I don't have to put a VC on a VC or C on Hines. Like, Hines is probably the third best player on my side. Um, three weeks ago, he was probably the best player on my side. Like, I've been very fortunate with going on players early. Uh, and it's it's paid off. And, like, I went early on Cleary, so I'm not scrambling to get him in. Like, um, had the luxury of getting in IPAP and Haas last week while others were, were getting in Cleary. So, back your gut. Um, but Cleary is just a – I don't think he's, there's any debate there at all. Yeah. I mean, in your hooker position, you want a Harry Grant or a Cook. You know, in your, in your front row, you want IPAP and Haas. You know, second row is a bit of a lottery this year, but there's some high performers. But you, in the halfback position – you want Cleary. He's the one you want. I tell you what, uh, Guac and um, and Cola have definitely impressed me this year. I didn't think I'd be talking about them, but but Hamole and, and uh, Keon Kula Matangi definitely on my radar. Yeah, well, I, I had Hamole, you know, right from the start. He's averaging a tick under 70. You know, the best thing for him, and not for Manly fans, was obviously Turbo out because they, DCE uses I also him. Think uses no him. Sho- I also think No Schuster as well really helped him out. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's been sensational, and I've loved having him in there. I've got Murray as well. My second row is Fafita, Talakai, Murray, Hamoli, Tuolagi. That's, that's, that's tasty. Yeah. yeah, so it sucks that I lose him for this week, but he's been a fabulous own. He plays around 13 as well, which is sensational. Um, but, yeah, I, I've mentioned on my podcast on the weekend, if, if you can't afford these IPAPs and David Fafitas and Talakais, I like Kaloa Matangi tunned up last week, and they've got a nice juicy draw. Souths are going to warm up, surely. Um, you know, Hamole can piss sure. Hamole can piss off, because he was on like 14 points at halftime. He got Sinbin, and I was like, oh, this is nice. And then the bloke just like just pulled some attack out of his ass oh, in the last 20 minutes. I was pulling, me and Kando, Can- we're big Hamole fans. We were in the chat just panicking, but he came back on and he bossed it you know, for the rest of the game, which was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, shout out to this user name of Firecrutch. Um, <laughs> he asks, do you think boosts are overrated? If your team is set up slash trade plans mapped out, pending injuries, of course, and only a few more um, chess pieces to move, is it worth, like, basically, is it is are these boosts overrated if your team is set up and you have good planning? Is it worth bombing them off? Because after this week, he's got no trade boosts left. Um, I could be in a very similar situation. Like I can only have one boost left after this week if Brad Arthur continues to be a very incompetent human being. Do you think? Do you think they're they're not warranted because they were obviously brought in with the with the big fear of COVID and uh, yeah, it just seems like the we just don't care about COVID anymore. Whatever your political stance on it is, don't care. But like the NRL have handled COVID well. We haven't seen many. Like we saw Harry Grant. He's probably the only high profile one, and Matt Burton as well. Like. Apart from that, we're eight rounds in, touch wood, that we haven't actually been affected too heavily by COVID. And 
if you can use the boost now to get set up, like, is that a, a viable strategy? I know that I've used three and I've been hammered for it, but it's, it's worked so far, it could crash and burn or it could pay off. Like, is it worth using them now to set your team up, basically? Yeah, I mean, to me, boosts or trades, it doesn't make a difference to me because if you've got a little buy-in's eye on your buys and stuff, get your team set up now and then save when you've got to save. Use your boost now, but then save a trade later. It's still a trade, isn't it? You just can't use three in one go. Exactly. I can see a world where you keep one for a rainy day because guaranteed it might be a, oh, Pappenhausen, Grant, and Munster are out. <laughs> It'll be very handy then. But that's a scenario. You're planning for the worst. And when we started the season, we were talking about you can't go in with heavy enough. You can't have three enoughs. And most of us had a pretty well-rounded, you know, list of players. We didn't have many enoughs to start the year. Uh, so I think it's, you know, it is. It hasn't been as um, bad as we thought. It hasn't been as bad as we thought. So, so far, the, the, you people are luxury using their boost. They're getting their team set up. And I've said I used a round where I, I made no trades, so I saved some. Uh, and I'm looking hopefully to save some more in another week, you know, and that's going to be, I'm going to be banking trades anyway, and yeah. I'll have a boost. You 100%. Know, 100%. Uh, Vaughn in the live chat just says, you can say that the boosts are overrated, yet you've used uh, all of them. I don't think we're saying boosts are overrated. I think we're saying the idea of just holding on to them like it's life or death is probably the overrated yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're overrated for, you know, you've got to save them. Save yeah, them. You need I to feel... use one of the you need to use one in each buy. You don't need to use one in each buy if you've got if you're at sitting at 12 numbers, who cares how you got to 12 numbers? You don't need to use boost you, to get to 12, then you didn't need them. Yeah, I feel like uh people I don't know, maybe I'm just reading the room wrong, but I feel like people are acting like once your five boosts are up, that's it. You you can't make any more trades. Like that's you're done. <laughs> Yeah, you can't make three. You know, you lose the ability to make three when you want to make three. And that's been something that we've enjoyed doing. It's definitely enjoyable to do it because people are using them. <laughs> it is, you lose that enjoyment. But I just think if you're banking trades, they're as good as a boost. It, it, you know, you just get to use two, two at a time instead of uh, using three. So I've used a few of them. Uh, I'm going to hold one for a rainy day probably um, and I'm happy enough with that. But I think that people who have saved they can come home with a wet sail. Yeah. And if you're a head-to-head -head player, that's where it could be really advantageous to you. Yeah, I feel like if you're using the the route that I've used and going hard early, if you don't get it right, you've, you've really set yourself up for a handicap coming home and you've just got to be got to be careful. And that's why I'm not boosting just for Joseph Sawali. Like the boosts I've used, I've boosted for Cleary, I've boosted for Hines, and I'm going to boost for, for Munster this week. Uh, I can't remember what I used the fourth one on. But basically, like, I've boosted to get three absolute premiums in. I wouldn't recommend doing it for, like, just the sake of, you know, trading someone out. Like, I wouldn't boost trading Lolo to IPAP. And that sounds silly, but, like, Lolo is not hurting you. Like, it, like how am I going to... You know what I mean? Like, having Lolo is not a bad thing. Yeah, that's it. I think if you're using them, you know, to get in these premium run-home players... You're not going to trade out again. It's been a strate strategic move to use the three. Um, if you've used bulk boosts, I hope you're in the top thousand or around the top five thousand. You got something out of using your boosts. And yeah. if you're sitting, you've used four boosts and you're in fifty thousand, it didn't quite work to get you up the ladder. You know, using your boosts, and you might have a little bit of a tough run home. But I think 
the people who've used a lot, I, I, I talk to a lot of players in their socials and they're like, I've used this boost, but I'm sitting in the top 100 and I'm like, well, it worked. Yeah, mate. 100%. You've yeah. done it to your advantage. Different um, di- different ways to skin a cat. Someone just reminded me in the chat, yeah. So my, my four boosts that I've used, Ado, I've brought in Heinz, I've brought in Cleary, I've brought in IPAP and Haas, which was last week. So basically that's that's my front row set and I'm going to use my fourth one to potentially bring in Munster. Like, I ain't, a barring injury, I'm not trading out those five guys. Now, those five guys are going to be a staple of my side week in, week out. Yep. And, I mean, time will tell if everything goes to shit. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, sitting here, I'm sitting here with a 15K rent going like, you know what? Probably shouldn't have shouldn't have boosted. Yeah, there could be a world where we go, we were bloody idiots for boosting 100%. So that's the beauty of Supercoach. Like, you know, you don't know until it all plays out. A uh, couple more questions, mate. The Jinx Man on Twitter, uh, aka Will, big Tigers fan. Shout out to you, my man. Uh, what are our thoughts on the cheap center wings who have made some good money? Tago, May, Penasini, etc. Have any of them emerged into keepers? Have they hit their price max? Or do we think about moving them on soon? If so, to who? So out of that, look... I still think Tago is a, is a season-long keeper. If he was center wing only, no. If he was 2RF only, no. But I think he's got that really, really handy jewel, which will come in handy later on in the season. Uh, whoever plays on the on the left wing of Penrith is a must-have. You could put uh, James Fisher-Harris on the left wing of Penrith, and I'd buy him at 600K, don't care. Like, I think those two Penrith boys are, are keepers. Um, but look, obviously, if... Uh, Brian Toto comes back and, and Charlie Staines holds his spot, we'll readdress that when we come to it. But for now, Tago May, they look like keepers to me. And Will Penasini, I mean, I'm trading him out. I don't think he was a keeper. I didn't expect him to be a keeper, to be honest. Um, but like all these other guys, um, do we see them? What, what are your thoughts on those three? And then are there other ones that come to your mind? Someone maybe like a, a Ewan Aitken, for example. Do you see him as a season-long keeper? Like where, where are your thoughts at? Yeah, look, it, it's real simple. If they're averaging above 60, I start thinking about them as a whole for the rest of the year. And Tago's average is 60.1. May's average is 83. So that's, if you've got someone averaging 83 and on that, that back line, you know, it wasn't the greatest game to that side for them last week from Penrith, but May still scored a try 59. Um, I think Tago is, this is his worst score of the year, isn't it? You know, last week. So I think he's going to have a resurgence and bare minimum, I'm going to hold him for another five rounds to get to that. Because in the bye, I think they'll score well. Uh, and they're, you know, people, you, one of the questions you refer to is what names are we targeting for the bye? Well, I mean, I, I think if you're someone who doesn't own Tago and May in the bye, you know, you might be worried that they could both go an 80 and a, and, a, and 100. So I'm happy to hold them till 13. If May holds that spot, I think there's going to be bulk tries and I think he might stay around that average, a la Garrick, you know, on the back of Turbo. Um, but at the moment, I see nothing that panics me to sell them. Whereas Panasini is a different story. Panasini, you know, he's been rumbling along with a pretty good base, but his average is 50, not 60. Um, so, you know, you can... For me, you either you don't. I'm not a sideways trader. I'll either go up or I'll go way down. And to me, Penasini down to Suwali banks you 200, nearly 200k. So that's the reason why you can do it if it's one of those big moves in the game. And that goes very much hand in hand with our last question of the day, mate. Uh, this one comes from Mole 57. Who are our top three players from round 13? So let me give you and and the listeners a quick refresher of who's plays round 13 because, be honest, it's pretty grim. The Titans play the Cowboys, the Panthers play the Bulldogs, the Seagulls play the Warriors, the Raiders play the Roosters. Now, initially, Titans, 
no one there I'm really looking at holding for the season. Maybe Greg Marzu, like if he drops in price over the next month, maybe. Uh, David Feeder will be off with Origin Camp. And apart from that, I don't really look at, not really looking at targeting anyone else. For the Cowboys, the only ones that really interest me are Valentine Hones and, and maybe Scott Drinkwater, if he could bottom out in price. But the way he's playing, Drinky is not coming down in price, so I'm not touching him. And Val, he'll be at Origin. Um, Tamalolo, obviously, he's a big one. Ruben Cotter is another one that I'm, I'm probably just going to hold up until then. Like, I don't see a reason to trade those guys. Uh, from the Cowboys, though, maybe Lukey, if he can get an 80-minute spot, but, like, him starting and then going to the bench or, or vice versa. I mean, Tom Gilbert has just signed with the Dolphins, so that maybe opens up for some minutes for Lukey. I don't know. The Panthers, as we've touched on, you'd think the halves for New South Wales will continue to be clearing in Luai, so that rules Luai out of contention. Uh, maybe kick out. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Ta- Talon, maybe. Talon May, Isaac Tago, definitely. Uh, James Fisher-Harris doesn't have the jewel this year, so I'm probably not going to look at him. And this goes hand-in-hand with what we said last week. I don't want to buy these guys just for the sake of buying them. I want to buy them with a reason to hold. No one on that Penrith side screams that I want to be holding them. The Bulldogs, however, uh, TPJ, Matt Burton, if they both bottom out, they're guys I'm looking at. Um, apart from that, not many not many else. Maybe maybe Karaz, if he gets another spot back in there. Uh, for the Seagulls, uh Hamole, but he's a smoky to play Origin, so probably a little bit risky to be buying him just for just for round thirteen. Uh, for the for the Warriors, I was looking at Josh Curran, mate, and and now he's down. That kind of ruins that. Um, but the Roosters and the Raiders. Now your boy Tom Starling, I've had him for the last month or so. He's there. Yeah. He, he ain't moving from my side. Joseph Sawali, yeah. Daniel Tupo, they're there. If you want Sam Walker, I think you just hold. Now you've gotten to this point that you hold. Hey, Angus Crichton ain't setting the world on fire either. There's a, a real yeah, possibility of not playing Origin. If he if he if he starts to pick up his work rate, he is starting again, um, and he doesn't make it to Origin. I think he's one in that round. Someone said a really good thing to me a few years ago. They're like, when you're looking at building your buy numbers and people you'd like from the buy, are you happy enough having him there as a 19th, 20th player till the end? Because yeah. you may not get a chance to trade him out again, and that's why someone like. Um, kick out might not be your guy. Whereas Lolo, he'll rumble along and score well every week. He's more of a safety side. You know, you can have him as a 19th and 20th. You may not even reserve him all the way in every game, you know, every round, but you've got him there as a 19th, 20th that you can reserve. Um, you know, and and Crichton, I see, is if we get Crichton back to, he was a gun. He was a premium gun. He's a little bit off this year. So are the Roosters, but he's one that if he missed origin, I'd be targeting now that we've lost Curran as well. Um, I get I get Starling. Someone who I'm eyeing off maybe for finishing the year is Garrick. He's been yeah. scoring okay. His price hasn't really come down a lot. He'll play um, fullback in that round, and then Tommy Turbo is going to come out of origin and be back in that team. So also, sorry. I see Garrick. Jo- Joey Manu. I didn't mention him, but Joey Manu is a guy that I'm definitely Joey looking Manu. at as well. Yeah. He's going to play fullback in that round. I think they're, they're not going to lose too much for origin, the Roosters. So I think they're going to do a number on the Raiders. Um, it is that GIO though, but Manu at fullback is very enticing, but he costs nearly 700k, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, one thing I will note with your buy planning, very, very off topic, um, but if you're going to have positions that aren't filled, so for example, do you mind pulling up your side, mate, and just filtering it through the buy as well? I'm going to have no, yeah. I'm going to have no um, five eighths, so that means I'm going to cop an AE. Now, just make sure that you don't have more than two players on your bench. So, for example, like let's say you have. Um, what? Let's say you have six center wings that are playing in in the the buy round. 
do whatever you can to move some jewels around because you're only, only going to get one player off your bench now. So if, if that makes sense. So the way that my team is set up right now, I've got Talon May, Joseph Sawali, Talatau Kula, Daniel Tupo, and Vayela. That's five center wings. I don't want any more center wings that are playing around 13 because if I have six or seven, I'm not going to get their scores because I'm not going to have all positions filled. So that's just a little bit of a, I guess, a, a hack or whatever you want to call it. Um, make sure you don't have... Yeah, too, too many players coming off the bench because you only get one AE. Um, mate, I have 10 players playing um, the bye, and I haven't even looked too hard. So I've got Starling, Cotter, Max King, Tago, uh, Taumalolo, Talon May, Joseph Sawali, Kula, Vayela, Daniel Tupo. And I haven't really gone out of my way to play, and I've got 10. So how are you shaping up? Well, I'm not as good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as good. Um, I've got Max King. I've got Hamoli. I've got Taylor May, I've got Tago, I've got Billy Smith, and I don't know if he's going to come back into that team. I will have Joseph Sawali after this week. Um, I've got Kula and Viola here as well. So what I'm at eight, you know, five, six, yeah, eight, eight now. Um, but I am, you know, obviously, you know, Cody Walker's not going to be one for 13, but he's going to play in the next buy as well. So if I'm bringing in players now, my, I'm looking at it. Are they around 13 or are they, are they around 17 by? Yeah, don't yeah. as as we keep saying, don't buy them because they're playing around thirteen. Buy them because they're a keeper. You notice in that list that Ado and I gave, all those guys we we would be happy to be holding long term, um, like Manu, Garrick, um, Tamalolo, like all these guys we'd be keen to hold long term. Um, but I reckon yep. that's going to wrap it up, mate. Hour and ten minutes we've gone for the audio podcast. We'll hang back for five or ten minutes after afterwards and answer some YouTube only questions. Uh, but mate, I reckon we've gone pretty much in detail quite heavily this week. I think it's been quite a an informative one yeah good well hopefully everyone enjoyed it and got something out of it um you know it's a good time of year we're getting run up to our first buys um we've had an enormous round last week so people are probably saying oh pbl ball it's back it's back and the big scores are on so i need these players that are going to get me to this big score so it's a real interesting little period of super coach. This is why I keep saying rank means nothing for the first five, six weeks. Cause this is really where the, uh, the men separate themselves from the boys. It's, it's by planning. It's, it's basically rounds 10 to 20. I think that's when you're going to get a really good indication of, of how your, how, how your side's gone. Like it's, it's nice to have a nice rank. It's nice to be sitting in 391st, but it means nothing. Um, if we don't plan properly for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah, I'm traditionally one of those ones that runs out of trades before the end of the year and, you know, flames away to the end. I think I finished 1,300 or something, you know, last year, but I did, I was well entrenched in the top 1,000 until the end when I ran out of trades and I don't even think I had 17 on the park going into head-to-head finals. So, you know, it is, it's a balancing act and, you know, what we do now will be realised later on in the year. I can't remember his name. There was a cheapie from the Bulldogs last year. Oh, Jackson T- 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 or Topine. Yeah. I was playing him at the back end of last year, man. I had no one. I, I was I was out of troops. Uh, but, mate, yeah. I very much appreciate your time, as always. You have been a absolute blessing to fill in for me whilst uh, whilst Brewski is taking all the time that he needs. So I very much appreciate it, mate. We'll get you back on nice. next. We'll get you back on next uh, next Tuesday, and then uh, we'll go from there. But I appreciate uh, the hour and fifteen minutes of your time tonight. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, don't worry, mate. And where can people find you if they need, or if you want to give yourself a plug, where can people find you? Yep. Uh, Super coach by Adrianosaurus. Type it into Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You'll find me on there. 
I do answer a lot of team specific questions, particularly on Instagram, because I know you have those particular like you know questions and I have no kids, you know, so I just, I'm sometimes I'm answering it in the bath. Sometimes I'm answering it when I cook dinner. I'm answering them in the car while I'm out working. I don't mind. I love Supercoach like all of you do. Supercoach by Adrianosaurus. You'll find me. No worries, mate. Look, uh, thank you very much. And uh, good luck for, what is it, round eight, guys. Um, as always, head over to YouTube if you want to get some exclusive questions answered by Ada and I. But as for now, bye for now. Have a good one. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.